All right, so take your Bibles, go to Romans chapter. Yes, we will never get out of Romans chapter 3. I don't think, anyways. I, I just, it's like a, an eternal chapter. Uh, Paul, have you ever read a document, went into the documents, you go into the lawyer's office and they give you this document, and you read all the fine print, and it's like, it's like da-da-da-da-da-da, and here's all the fine print. I went over, I took the, uh, was going to go on a cruise, and so I filled out all the paperwork to Disney. This is Disney, man, Mickey Mouse. We're talking Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. And so I fill out all the paperwork they say fill out. It says this, 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 this. Give me your money. And then they over here on all these other 47,000 pages on other web pages you got to go to tells you all the other stuff. And one of them was you got to have the COVID shots. And I said, I ain't going to get them. So they argued with them for a while. And they said, you can't have your money back. And they gave me mine back. So don't, don't ever believe that part where they won't give you your money back because they will. Romans chapter 3. Has anybody got any questions to start off with? Yes, sir. Where are you going to be? Oh man, that's a good place to go. I was in I was in Colorado, in Denver, and there was a mountain range in, in front of me, and I thought they, that they were the Sierra Nevadas, and it was Rocky Mountains. And I'm like, how come I don't know that's the Rocky Mountains? I mean, John Denver sang about them. Rocky Mountain, huh? I shouldn't do that because I'm being recorded. I'm getting going to get in trouble here. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> And I'm driving around in a yellow Jeep, man. That tells you a lot about that area. It's like, you, this one in bad areas. All right, Father, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for everybody that came out tonight. Lord, I do pray that you bless uh, the class. And Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Paul goes off, and I'll go back to 323. That's where I'm going to start because I handed out that right there, uh, this little thing right here. And it's for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And this is Romans Road. Uh, if you've never led somebody to the Lord, you're talking about a thrill. What you ought to do is try to do that sometime. But Paul's going to go here, and he's going to tell you, he's, he's making it very simple. This is, you know, he's trying to tell you everybody's a sinner. And we all are. And there's nothing wrong with knowing you're a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. Uh, like I said, for all I've sinned, come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. Everybody's a sinner. You're a sinner. Uh, your kids are sinners. Your mom's a sinner. Your dad's a sinner. Your brother's a sinner. Everybody's a sinner. We get offended when you say that because a lot of people, well, well, I don't, then you can't go to heaven. You know, to get to heaven, you got to be a sinner. You got to know your sin. And once you know you're a sinner, you can get to heaven. So he goes on after Romans 3.23, and he says, being justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we do have some new people here. So for their sake, uh, I'm going to go through that little chart. Take your little chart right here. The first, the first word on that chart is justification. And uh, I, that little piece of paper, I, see, I give out handouts. Joe doesn't give out handouts. Joe's, Joe, Joe's just, he's learning, man. He's, he went through PBI, too. He should know that he should hand out handouts. Uh, that's why we put all the copiers and everything in, so we can hand out handouts. And then you can throw them away. I got, I got so many handouts from school, I didn't even know what to do with them. I'm just now learning what to do with them. But justification, the dec declaration that a man is justified uh, is righteous when he is not. What God did for us is when Jesus Christ, God's righteousness is Jesus Christ. What God gave us at what the Father, Son, Holy Ghost gave us at, at Calvary was justification. He said, I'm Mike, I know you can't get to heaven because you're messed up. All I'm asking you to do is trust me. Come to this place out in here where you see all this garbage out here all over the place and focus down into one thing and there's a door. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And Paul is starting to write this stuff down. And what he's doing is he's making a, a lawyer's list. And he says, uh, John chapter 10, verily, uh, one. Verily, verily, I say unto you, John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. So the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Uh, just saying Jesus saved my soul is really, I don't know, it's, that's iffy. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't base my salvation on just a group of words that I put together or somebody talked me into saying. Uh, I, would, I would look for some evidence in my life. Now, I know God says that he's not a respecter of Jesus. He's not a respecter of any person, so there's no difference between me and you and anybody else. But I, I made sure, 100% sure, that's, that's a big step. I was talking to somebody today, and I, they came in and said, hey, do you believe in UFOs? And he goes, I don't believe in UFOs. I said, well, that's okay. You can be stupid if you want. And he, he looked at me like, what? 
I said, uh, it, it all gets down to this. I said, I believe in UFOs. I believe that, that God can do, he's omniscient, omnipresent. He can be everywhere at one time. Uh, and I asked the guy, I said, since he can be everywhere at one time, does he need a UFO? And he goes, well, no. I said, well, who would need one if they need one? He goes, well, the devil. I said, there you go. Now, so let's start right there. I think everything you're seeing technology-wise, we have our phones, we have everything, we have all this stuff. And all this technology that, that we are soaking up as fast as we can soak it up, Satan is putting in your fingers. And he's doing that to drive us just like the Democratic Party is. You watch it. It's, it's hilarious when I watch all this stuff. Uh, but he's using it to drive us to an area. There is somebody actually above Biden or Trump, too, if he was the president. Uh, there's principalities and powers and rulers in wickedness. I mean, they're up there in, in high places. They're directing the whole thing. And technology is one of the things. And I told the guy, I said, hey, technology is, is Satan's got to use the technology to control the world. Uh, he cannot be everywhere at one time. He goes, what? He goes, the devil can't be everywhere? I said, no, he cannot be everywhere at one time. Uh, you would think he is everywhere at one time, but he cannot really be everywhere. He's got minions all over the place, but he cannot be everywhere at one time, so he's going to use technology. I said, what better way to use technology is because everybody thinks, well, they're looking for some alien to come in. I said, who, who would be an alien? Michael the Archangel would be an alien. Uh, Gabriel would be an alien. Jesus Christ would be an alien when he came back. Why? Because he's not from physically this planet. He's from some other place coming to this planet. That would classify him as an alien. Well, Satan, is. what would it be to him anyways? He's going to make a, a statue in, in uh, Israel, in Jerusalem, in the temple, that's going to come to life and talk and do all kinds of stuff. So what is it to make a, a, a spacecraft? It is nothing. And if one landed, ooh, landed right down. We're getting set up for it anyways. Star Trek, Star Wars, all these other things. We're getting set up for it. Ooh, and they land and, and people come up. Oh, look, there's our aliens. There's the people who are going to tell us what to do. And I said, here's the problem. They don't want God. I said, and, and he looked at me and he goes, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day. He's an atheist. And he said this. He said that if you believe in science, you cannot believe in God. I said, that's probably a true statement. I said, because science, scientists, real true scientists, are going to reject God. A Christian, now not a Christian science a scientist, but a Christian like, I'm, like me, I can look at that and I can see the atom. And I told him, I said, I see the atom as a creation that God made and how he used it. And we manipulate that thing. So from my point of view, I see God's hand in everything. But a true science, scientist is looking out in space for all eternity for somebody to come down. I am saying all that to say that when he saved you, he did something to you that, that nobody else on this planet gets. And the only way you can get that thing is to believe on Jesus Christ. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And Paul is sitting here saying, okay, guys, this stuff happened to you. And you're responsible, whether you believe it or not, you're responsible for if you have, you fill out your taxes and you fill something out wrong, uh, the IRS can come and nail you to the wall. Why? Because all these little things on the side over here, uh, the little fine print stuff, uh, you're accountable for that, whether it was over here or not. If you don't even know it exists, it doesn't matter. It was written. You should have done it. So the Lord told Satan three times, it is written, it is written, it is written. I told the guy today, you got a Bible in front of you. The word of God says this, whom God, uh, it says, being justified freely through the redemption that is in G Christ Jesus. Justified. Jesus, God justified us when we trusted Jesus Christ. Definition of justification, declare that a man is righteous when he is not. He did that to Abraham. He said he believed God and he counted it to him for righteousness. He, he justified Abraham and counted it to him for righteousness because he just believed him. Believing Jesus Christ is more than just saying a word. A lot of times people will say, well, and we got some moral people. They'll say the words, but it, I don't know if it ever took effect. I've seen people get th saved three or four times. Did they get saved three or four times? I don't know. Uh, I hope they got saved once. I know you get saved one time. I mean, but they, they say, well, I didn't really get saved. I got saved. I really didn't get saved. I got saved. Uh, to me, that's the most important thing you could ever do. I mean, you should know if you're saved. There shouldn't be a question in your mind. You should have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You'll hear me say that all the time. You'll hear Joe say that all the time. Uh, you'll hear Dr. Peacock say that all the time. You won't hear many people, preachers out there, for some reason they don't. A relationship will change your life. I heard Joe talk about some stuff here a few minutes ago, and I'm going to hit on a couple of that. But, but justification is to prove or to show to be just uh, to vindicate, to maintain, or defend as uh, conformable to law, 
right, just priority, uh, propriety, propriety, of duty, whatever, propriety of duty, to pronounce free from guilt or blame, to absolve, exonerate, clear. So he justified us, Jesus Christ. Now, the day you got saved, you are different than everybody else. You got to remember this. All this stuff happened to you except one thing. All this stuff happened to you the moment you got saved. It did not happen to an Old Testament saint. A guy that was before the crucifixion, this did not happen to him. Uh, once the rapture occurs, this does not happen to everybody out there like it does to us. Uh, yet most churches out there will say, oh, it does, it, and we're all the same. No, you're going to find here in a few minutes that the reason I changed a couple things here is because it doesn't happen. I want to make sure we got it. So uh, justified, we're justified. He said being justified freely. It's a free gift. It doesn't cost you a dime. He gives it to you. It's a free, you know why? Because you can't earn it. <laughs> he knows we're all morons. Now, don't get offended to that. He understands. you got to put yourself in a position where God's at. Can you build a universe with just a couple words and have everything come out like it came out? Compared to him, what am I? I'm not even an amoeba, man. I mean, really, when I look at that thing, I mean, the distance between me and him, yet he comes down on a level and talks to me and, and works with me and loves me and cares for me, and I'm like, why would he care? I worked with a, uh, Ron Reese, not Ron Reese, Ron Reese, Ron, who was the guy's name? It's been so long. But anyways, guy, he, I think it was Ron, but he came down, he came in looking for some people to work with him. And he's at the Sally station and he got, he got Doug and B, but he started talking to 26 techs. We all had the same school. He come down and said, Hey, how about this? Nobody said, everybody's going, he goes, how about this? And everybody goes, and he comes down to here and he finally got down to a place and me and Doug was sitting there and Doug is a nuke tech and I was the ET. So we were both good techs. And he goes, how about this? And Doug goes, Oh yeah, yeah, I got that. Man. And I go, oh, yeah, I got that too. And he goes, okay, you two come here. And he took us out. And then what he did is he started right there and took us back up. Next thing you know, we're like little engineers running around. That's what God's doing with this thing. And he's using Paul to help us. Uh, redemption. I mentioned this last time. And uh, some, Brother Steve came and thanked me for that because when he got into the word redemption, redemption and remission are two different things. So if you go to Acts 2.38, do that real quick if you would. I just want to show where, where our, our uh, Pentecostal brethren get all screwed up because they don't read. If they would just read, I mean, and then take the Bible, and they don't believe the Bible. So one of the key things you got to do is get to the place where you believe the Bible's Word of God. Uh, it's, this is not a book where you can just pick up pieces and, oh, I got it. You can't read it one time. I got it. No, you can't. Uh, people are smart, and that may, that's okay. That, that's good. We need intelligent people. But they're not so smart that God can't trip them up. 238. Acts 238. And he'll do it every single time. 238. Uh, it says, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you for the, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. Not for the redemption of sin, for the remission. So sins have been remitted. Uh, there's a sins in, there, people in the Old Testament, they made their sacrifice. They went out and killed a lamb. They did whatever they had to do. Two turtle doves, two couple pigeons, whatever it was, uh, a handful of meal, whatever it was they gave. They gave that for their sins. Those sins were remitted, not redeemed. They weren't, the, the person that, the sin was put off to the side and forgotten. However common, that person was not redeemed. Those sins were just remitted. So when he's given right here, this is John the Baptist's baptism right here. It's a, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. That's the same thing John the Baptist said. The only thing is Jesus Christ hadn't died on the cross yet. So now Peter is on the other side of this cross and he's going to add Jesus Christ to John's method. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. So now he adds Jesus into this thing, and it's still wrong. It's wrong for us right now. Now, for them right there and then, it was right. We're not there right now. We're somewhere else. Jesus, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Well, I didn't have to get baptized to receive, well, I did have to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, but not the water baptism. And they try to go right here because they get the word remission messed up with redeemed. And I'll get into the word redeemed here in a minute. Uh, redemption. Go to Romans 8, 8.23. Man, this, oh, 8.23. Romans 8.23 is a great one. Redemption is, 
definition is to redeem, to regain possession of payment. Now I've got that up here, but I don't know how depth in depth I go. Remission, redemption, to pay, to pay uh, the payment made to buy back the sinner from the wrath of God. Now that's a simple definition, and here and here's uh, another definition: to regain possession by payment. So he looked at Peter and said, "Ye are of your father the devil," and he was. That's what he told Peter back in the news. When Peter said, get, uh, Jesus said that he was going to go, and Peter said, no, you won't. He goes, get thee behind me, Satan. And then he said, and he told some other people, he said, ye are of your father the devil. Well, then that means that I have been, I have been, I don't know, purchased, but fallen into a place where the devil had full control of me. And the only way the Lord could get me back was to redeem me, not to remit my sins, to redeem me. Something had to redeem me. Uh, they said that uh, if you had a, an ass, if you had a donkey, uh, a donkey is an unclean animal. But to, to redeem that donkey, you had to give a lamb for that donkey. You had to do, or you had to break the donkey's neck. You had to redeem that. Something else had to give its life for that thing to be redeemed. That's Old Testament stuff. So for you and me to get in heaven, something has to take your place. Uh, that's what Jesus Christ did for us. Uh, and he goes on to recover, to regain, to ransom, liberate, rescue from captivity or bondage. You were in captive. You know why we do the stupid stuff? Because you're in captivity. You're in bondage. Okay, you get saved. You get saved and you come out of that stuff. But all of a sudden, you don't grow right. If you don't grow, how in the world are you going to ever come away from that? Uh, Christians are, uh, I don't say, I'll just say saved people. We get stuck in this salvation thing and we want to stay there. But that's, I don't want to stay there. I never wanted to stay there. I never wanted to go in and just be a person. When I was in ET, I wanted to be the best one that you could possibly be. I, I did not, I wanted to go learn this stuff, man. I didn't join the Navy and let them abuse me like they abused me for me to just let them abuse me. I wanted something. It was a trade-off. We're going to abuse you, but we're going to give you this. Okay, I'll take your abuse if you're going to give me that. I mean, they put me in millions and billions of dollars worth of stuff and just said, play. Fine, man. I'm, I'm good with that. You're going to abuse me and talk to me like dirt? Fine, talk to me like dirt, but I'm going to go over and play with all the stuff you give me to play with. And, and so you, if I become a Christian, why would I want to sit there and just stay right where I am saved but not ever grow past that? you got to grow. i got to understand what he did for me. Romans 8.23. Romans 8.23. Redemption. Redemption is a great thing, man. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that will light your trigger up, man. Light your fire. You ought to be on fire. 8.23. And not only they, uh, let's go all the way back. Uh, let's go to 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this, uh, of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And, and glory now, we're going to get into glorification at the very end of this thing. The glory that's going to be revealed in you is the day you die and you go to heaven. You're going to get glory right there like you've never seen before. First of all, you're going to be in the presence of his glory, but you're going to be glorified. And you're going to be just like him. So anyways, just remember that. Hold on to that. We're going to get to that at the end. Uh, for the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Uh, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together unto now. Have you ever noticed what's going on in our world right now? They're moaning and woaning. I mean, they don't even know what they're crying about. And not only this, not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So our souls have been redeemed. Our body has not yet. So what he's trying to tell you there is you're walking around in this flesh, and this guy right here is just constantly trying to cause trouble. And the inside is saying, he goes, with my spirit, I'm serving God with my soul, spirit. but with my flesh, it's the world. And it's a constant battle sitting there. But he's saying, your body is not redeemed yet. So you still got an issue with that thing. Uh, Brother Randy's got to go get some toes cut off. You know why? He's got a problem with his foot. Uh, somebody, who was that uh, mentioned uh, the young lady that has to, might have her foot amputated? Oh, Cassandra, yeah, because you think I'd remember that because my daughter-in-law, but uh, Cassandra's sister is going to have her foot, possibly have her foot amputated. Uh, your body's going to give you all kinds of problems, and the older you get, it's got a ton of problems, man, it just does. 
Uh, verse 24 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why did he hope for? So, so redemption and remission, again, are two different things. Your sins have been remitted, and, and God can forgive in the Old Testament. But the day we got saved and you trusted Jesus Christ, your sins were remitted right there for all eternity. They're gone. And you have been redeemed at that moment. Nobody else on the face of the planet ever got that. You got it right then and there. Everybody prior to Jesus Christ down on that cross went to a place called Abraham's bosom or they went to a place called hell. There was, there was the only two options you had. That's, that's uh, you go to uh, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, one of the thieves, he takes him to paradise with him that day, and, but he's going to be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. So if he's going to go somewhere, he's going down for three days and three nights. That's where he takes him. Uh, verse 25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sin that are past. So your sins are remitted the moment you ask for forgiveness. Your sins get for forgiven and remitted, but you don't get redemption. Paul is giving you the legal definitions of some of this stuff so you can get through this stuff. Uh, propitiation. Definition. Propitiation. I got it up here for you too. Uh, the price paid. Now, when you look at this thing, this is what Jesus Christ was to you. He was your propitiation. Uh, the price paid to satisfy the demand of an angry God. God was mad at you against sin. The difference between redemption and propitiation is that redemption, in redemption, the payment is made. In propitiation, the payment is accepted by God. So God took the payment, set it over here and said, there's the payment. That's Jesus Christ. That, that's your, your propitiation. That's God. God says, I'm satisfied with this payment. That's not redemption yet. Redemption is when I say, okay, hey, that's what I need, and I grab that thing and I take it. I just got redeemed. That's the difference. And a lot of people, we don't realize what exactly happened. I was in jail one day, and I saw this guy, and uh, I, I, I think your dad, I saw your dad. Your dad was there maybe. I think it was him. It was a couple other guys. There's two, uh, two people there, and they said, hey, I'm, we're talking to these people. Can't get them nowhere. Two black guys. And I, I'm sitting there, and I, I get them, start talking to them, talking to them. And you can just hear them, and they're just, they're, I said, look, I pulled a $5 bill out. I said, I'm going to pull a $5 bill out, and don't you steal my $5 bill, because if you do, I'm going to go get the cops, and I'm going to bring them. You're already locked up, so I know right where you're at. You can't get away. So I laid a $5 bill on the, the bars. I said, you see that $5 bill? And he goes, yeah. I said, if, the, if I told you the judge was down there at the door, and if you come down there with that $5 bill, he'll let you out that door. If you come down there without that $5 bill, he's going to throw you into prison forever. I said, what are you going to do? He says, well, I'm going to grab the $5 bill, and I'm going to go down to the door. I said, that's all Jesus Christ did. I said, what God did is he said, I'm going to set Jesus Christ right there. Now, he made the payment. He lived the life. He did what he's supposed to do. And I'm pleased with that. In my son, in whom I'm well pleased, I'm pleased with that. I'm not pleased with nothing else. I don't even care about none of the rest of you guys, but I am pleased with that. He goes, if you accept that and you bring that to me, he goes, you're in. And you know what those two black guys did? They both got saved right there on the spot. They grabbed it. They got a hold of that thing. They said, well, we need Jesus. I said, yeah, you need to get saved. And both of them sat down and got saved. Them two guys I was with, they got, how did you do that? I said, all I did was laid it out just like Jesus would have laid it out, just like the Lord would lay it out. Propitiation is the payment God made, the payment that he was going to accept. And Satan is always, well, you can't do that because nobody can live like that. Well, he came and lived just like we did. Jesus Christ became a man just like we became a man. He lived just like us. He died not just like us, worse than us, but he died as a man, all man, all God on that cross. He opened that door to eternity for us right there. And when you walk into that thing, you get justified, redemption. You pick up the propitiation. You pick the right. That's why it's important to choose. God only gave one thing. Not, not my Samsung cell phone, by the way. But he only gave one thing that he was going to accept, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, only, he's only going to die one time. This is dying 15, 20 times. That's why salvation is eternal. He only died one time. Once you get a hold of that thing, you got it. It's done. It's finished. But you should know you got it. If you don't know that you're saved, you're missing something. Something's, you're missing something somewhere. Uh, whom God had set forth to be a perpetuation. Jesus Christ is our perpetuation. Through faith in his blood. You know what most Bibles take out? In his, through his blood. 
in his blood. They take that out. If you just, if you take that out, it says propitiation through faith to declare it. No, you just miss the whole thing. It is through his blood. The blood that was shed at Calvary was what God required to, to cover our sins. That's what he required. And it wasn't just Jesus Christ. Otherwise, he would not have had to go to Calvary and die. Through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness. That's God is declaring his righteousness, which is Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. So God is realizing he's... He, God is forbearing, he's, he's allowing the sin. Could you imagine that? He allowed that stuff to happen. All, you ever read through uh, the Old Testament and got through there and, and all those guys constantly? I mean, Moses holds the stick out in the Red Sea parts. You realize they could have walked right across the top of the Red Sea. Jesus walked on water. Joshua, Joshua split the Red Sea. But, I mean, if Peter walked on water, surely man could walk on water. Why didn't he just let them all walk across the Red Sea? He wouldn't even have to split it. He did that for them. So that they can see the power of God and trust God. What's wrong with most people is we never get to the place where we see the power of God in our lives. So then when it comes to having faith in him, it's a little bit harder than what most people, because we never let, we try to do it ourselves instead of letting him do it. Now you can do it and I can do a lot of things, but if you just stop and wait sometimes, you'll find out there's always a better way. I'm finding out there's always a better way. So uh, it says the remission. So God forbear, he, he, he dealt with their sin and, and set their sins in remission if they did. Ahab got in. Ahab. Ahab killed Nabal, Naboth and took his vineyard. And then he gets over here in sackcloth and ashes and the Lord says, look at Naboth. He was going to kill him. He goes, ah, I think I'll just forgive him. I know his frame. I know he's dust. And he's repenting. And he's, he's confessing himself and his sins. He goes, I'll just forgive him. At that point, now I'm not saying he, I'm saying Ahab went to heaven. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying God forgave him. So sins can be remitted, and God deals with our foolishness back here all through the place. But the moment we get saved, remission, you, you get the, the, the offering God made. You understand what that was, which was Jesus Christ, the propitiation. You understand what it was. You get it. You get redemption. You get, uh, man, you get all that stuff. You get redemption, justified. I get justified just like I'm Jesus Christ. I get remission, then expiation, expiation. Man, I can't even pronounce these words, some of them. Uh, the act of purging, burning out or cleansing of sin. Sin is taken away, not merely forgiven, based upon the actions of Christ on our behalf. The moment you got saved, and a lot of people I've dealt with them, and they, they, they get back into their sin. Go to Psalms, go to Psalms uh, 103, Psalms 103. I gave, I, changed, I put that stuff in that little pamphlet I gave you, a little paper I gave you, uh, so that you could have the verses and go back to them. Psalms 103. And if you got any questions as we move along, you can raise your hands and, and uh, if I can catch it. Oh, that was good. That flashing light back there was perfect, brother. I mean, it's just, it caught my attention. I'm like, whoa, check that out. Uh, but if you catch my attention, we'll do it. Psalm 103, uh, Psalm 103, 12. He says this. Uh, go verse 11 for as the heaven is high above the earth so great is his mercy toward them that fear him as far as the east is from the west so far hath he removed our transgressions from us like as a father that pitieth his children so the Lord pitieth them that fear him go to, go to uh, Micah 719 Micah that's before the New Testament Nahum, just before Nahum, after Jonah, <clears throat> Micah, Micah 7, 19, look at 18. Who is God like unto thee? Uh, who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Sorry, Mark, can't talk to you. Teaching class, you should be here, man. You wicked devil. Um, so he said he'll. And now, so he's going to cast your sins into the depths of the sea. You said, well, the sea's still there. Go to Revelation chapter twenty-one. I like my Bible, man. It's a good book. Revelation twenty-one, verse one. 
White throne judgments happen. Devil's thrown in the lake of fire for all eternity. Uh, you say, well, my sins are still out there in the sea somewhere. You can pull them up. Uh, and I saw, verse 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. So he burns that place up too. So anything you got, when he gets rid of your sin, it's gone, man. It's gone. You could bet your bottom dollar. It's toast. It's history. It's gone. Uh, that's what God did for you the moment you got saved. You don't have to worry about past sin. Now, there's a... Here's the thing. I'm going to get into another ver uh, If you notice here, I made a, a change uh, in, in down at the bottom of your page. There's a two, it's actually two pages down, man. It's front and back, y'all. Like it's two-sided. Uh, but at the bottom, I have sanctification part A and, and sanctification part B. And you need to realize that you got sanctified the day you got saved. And there's where your Nazarenes are all screwed up. They think they're sanctified and, and they're done. No, you're not done. I'm sorry. That's just the start. That's a thing that happened at salvation. I got sanctified. So uh, the purging of our sins. He purged my sins the moment I got saved. He came into me and he, he circumcised my flesh and he cut the flesh away from my soul. And now I'm two pieces. If you if you get that. And I've said this a thousand times before and I'll say it a thousand times more so. But he cuts me in two pieces, so my soul is basically here, my flesh is here. My spirit was dead, and at the moment I get saved, he, the Holy Spirit comes in, cuts this away. Now I'm sitting over here, my spirit that was dead now comes back to life, and he seals this thing until the day of redemption. So now this thing can no more sin. That's what it says over in 1 John. You cannot sin. This cannot ever sin. Sin can never touch this ever again. However, you got this guy right here. And this guy right here can mess all up all over the place. That's what we got to deal with is this right here, not this. This is done. I, so many people, they, well, I messed up. Oh, the Lord, you got it wrong. This thing is safe. It is, it's in the hands of God. It's safe. Your salvation is safe. You don't have to worry about it. What you need to worry about is are you saved? That's what you need to worry about. Am I saved? Am I really saved? Who, uh, for the remission, so propitiation. Uh, there's a lot of verses that, that deals with stuff like that, but I'm not going to go into them for the sake of time. Uh, atoning, theologically, propitiation is the atonement. I put atonement in here too. Or an atoning sacrifice, specifically that which at Christ's death appeases the divine justice and consolates the, uh, the divine favor. Uh, reconciliation, expitiation, satisfaction, satisfaction, atonement. That's what... Uh, when you get into what he did for us at the Calvary. Atonement is reconciliation of God, and I'm going right down the list here right now, of God and humankind through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. So the atoning factor of, that God was looking for was there had to be Jesus in the middle, and he atoned for me, got me back to God. God's looking for that thing in between. it. Imputation, uh, number seven. The act of God where, where he changes the sinner's sins to G, uh, charges them to Jesus Christ and whereby he charges the righteousness of Jesus Christ to the sinner. So what he did is he imputed his righteousness to me. Abraham was Abraham believed God and God imputed to him righteousness, gave him right, just gave it to him. So at your salvation, you got righteousness, you got Im imputation, you got Romans 4.23 says, now it is written, not for his sake alone, talking about Abraham, and I got that on your little document right there that I gave you. Uh, now it is now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. That's us. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offense our offenses, and was raised again for the for our justification. So what we got, brother, I'm telling you, we got a list of things, and Paul's trying to tell you, you got a list of these things over here. And one of these days, we're going to stand in front of Jesus Christ. He's going, did you know all this? Why did you keep doing the stupid stuff you did? Did you know all this? No, no. Well, did you study your Bible? I, gave, I told the devil three times, it's written, it's written, it's written. Did you not get that you got a book in front of you that got the answers? It's the answer book. It's this open book test. You don't have to fail this thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's not multiple choice. It's one choice. That's all you got to do. Uh, I was reading through uh, Old Testament today, and I was going through Leviticus. I'm sitting there going, Lord, I'd have never made it, man. I couldn't. I mean, you got to do this. You got to do this. And if you ain't got this, you got to do this. You got to do And he gets all the way down. He says, and if you ain't got two pigeons, get some stinking meal or something, man. And he tells you to go get this meal and bring it. And I'm like, I'm like you cover all bases. You know what he's looking for is the heart. Some people, you know what he's going to say is some people are not rich. You may be in this room and never be rich. 
You may be in this room and be very wealthy. You know what the Lord says? There's people all across the spectrum in life. Jesus Christ said you have the poor with you always. If that's the case, why, why be upset if you're poor? Why be upset if you're rich? Why show it off? You don't have to. What you need to do is say, Lord, thank you for what you gave me, and you've made a way for me no matter what to go through. But I was reading through Leviticus, I'm like, I could not do that. I wouldn't even remember to do that. And then he goes, oh, well, by the way, if you do a sin, commit a sin that you don't know you did, and then it comes to your mind that you did it, then do this. I'm like, Lord, that's me right there. I said, everything is there that I would do that I wouldn't know that I did it. I would have to make, I just have to live in front, I'd have to make my tent in front of the altar there, just live there. I wouldn't have no other choice. But, but remission is not redemption. And I talked about that. Man, I got to drink my coffee. It always gets cold. I don't know why. But uh, redemption definition Act of remitting or forgiving, pardoning, pardon or of transgression but, but of the divine law, forgiveness of sin, or release from the penalty of sin. So remission, release them from the penalty of that sin, but only redemption could get them into heaven. That's why they went to a place called Abraham's bosom. That's where your Bible talks. So now, uh, regeneration, number eight. The act of salvation in which the Holy Spirit enters the sinner and gives him a new life by new birth. John chapter 3, verse 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. A new spirit able to respond to the Holy Spirit is created within the sinner. So now what God does, uh, Calvin says, tulip, totally depraved. You're not totally depraved. I've seen some people that are pretty depraved. No person, I've seen people given over to a reprobate mind, but they're not totally depraved. If God, I guess in way if he puts them over to a reprobate mind and he really, he's done with them and he's finished, uh, but I don't think he's finished with you till you're dead. Uh, my dad, I think, was a reprobate, and the Lord dealt with me in such a way in my dad that he's like, I'm not going to talk to your dad because your dad is a reprobate. I hate your dad. I can't stand your dad. Your dad is a reprobate. However, Mike, if you'll do what I tell you to do, I'll listen to you. And, and you know what he did over a period of two years out on the ship? He changed my heart out there to, from hating my dad to loving my dad. And I'm like, now the Lord says, oh, oh, Mike, you love your dad, huh? I said, yeah. He goes, well, what do you got to ask? I said, well, Lord, I don't want to see him go to hell. He goes, you know, by the way, I don't really want to see him go to hell either. But, but your dad's just a wreck, man. He's a mess. Yeah, he's a mess. But, boy, he still needs Jesus Christ. I need to go tell him about Jesus Christ. You know what, Lord, you know what he was? He was a son. He wasn't a reprobate. He was backslidden like a big dog. He was worse than a pig. My dad was a mess, but he was saved. And I'm sitting there thinking he's lost, and the Lord says, yep, but he goes, he goes uh, Mike, one of my sons over here messed up. Will you help me get him back? And he goes, but you've got to change to do this, by the way. See, we miss this whole thing. We think that we can just do whatever we want to do and get away with it. You can't. If God is going to use you, if you want to get used, if you want to get used, if you don't want to get used, then blow off what I'm saying right there and just throw it out. That's what Joe was talking about. I heard him say a couple things about being used. If you want to be used, you got to want to be used. And if you want to be used, you're going to have to change some things for God to use you. Otherwise, he won't use you. He will not use you. And you can say, I'm a Christian all day long, and I'm this, and I'm this, and I'm this, and I'm this. He won't use you. He uses messed up people. Thank God for that. He can use you, he can use me, but he expects us to do stuff. Just like that, he said, Mike, you got to love your dad like I love him. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. I told him, I said, I ain't going to do that. I argued with him for probably a good six, seven, eight months. Finally, one day, and the whole Bible was two verses, honor your mother and father, honor your mother and father. I'm like, isn't there anything else in the Bible I can read? You know, like the rich young ruler give everything you got. I'll do all that. No, 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 I don't care about all that. I know you'll do all that. I know you'll give me, if I come up to you and ask you for everything you have, you'd give it to me. I already got that. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking you to love somebody. No. That's arrogant, man. That's just arrogant pig. That's stupid. That's stupid. Arguing with God. That's stupid. And he's forbearing and he knows that. He's like, he'd go, and just be a black spot. That's all you'd be. And you sit there and listen to him and he goes, and then you say, okay, okay wait a minute, Lord. If you say that I got to do this, now this was before I met her. If you say I got to do this, you know what he's teaching me to do is learn some things. If you say I got to do this, then it must be right. I can't do it, but you're saying I can, then you show me how to do it. And what he did, he spent a little time, showed me how to do it, found out my dad was saved, and he got back in. A real reprobate would be a lost person that just rejects God, rejects it, rejects it, and God shuts him off. I don't know if there's any hope for that person. Uh, I'm not sure at all. But remission is not redemption. 
remission is just God forgives the sin when a sinner wants to get the thing right. In the Old Testament, if they went to John the Baptist and, and went down in the water and got wet, they got remission of sin. Why they did what they were supposed to do. Is that what you are? Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm a rubber band, help me. No, go on. Well, no, no, because a saved person can't be a reprobate because a saved person is a child of God, it's the son of God. So the soul is saved. But, but what I'm saying is you can get into a place real quick. You know what the Lord taught me in that whole thing? He's like, Mike, I exposed you to something your dad did not get exposed to, so don't think you're something special. He goes, if I'd exposed your dad to what you got exposed to, he might not have been in the mess he's in. So now, my dad gets saved in 1957. His brothers all ran the bars. I mean the, I mean the bars, man, the bars, the biker bars. What they have for a Hell's Angels and an Outlaw's Bar today would be like going to stinking Disneyland compared to what them things were back then. I mean, people got shot in the parking lot and they just drug them off in the bush. That was it, man. I mean, and, and that's back in the day when you go out for drunken driving. The policemen actually drive you home and drop you off at your house. I mean, that's just, that's the way it was. I mean, it, everybody had six shooters and all that. I mean, just shooting people up all the time. But now, but, but when you're sitting there, my dad was not a reprobate. He was a backslidden. He, whatever happened to him in 1957, his brothers, that's where they all ran. So, I mean, to come out of that thing is almost impossible. And he never did. And he wasn't exposed to somebody like I got exposed to. So he never had what I had for, for 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's saved, so he's not a reprobate, but, but close. He's like an almost reprobate. So redemption is the act. Uh, re remission definition is the act of remitting. So God forgives or pardons the sin, but it wasn't done away with. Uh, the Old Testament still had it back there. Then you get to regeneration, the act of salvation in which the Holy Spirit, and I talked about that a few minutes ago. The moment you got saved, you got regenerated. You were dead in your sins, trespasses and sins, and he regenerated you. So you were justified, redeemed. You got redemption, propitiation. You accepted Jesus Christ as your, your payment. You got the remission of your sins, expitiation. You accepted the, the offering God gave. Your sins was put away forever. You were atonement. The atonement was applied to you. Imputation was applied to you. Righteousness was. You were regenerated. Reconciliation is the number uh, nine. The act whereby two warring parties, you and God, are brought together in peace. That's what Jesus did. God was mad at me, and now he loves me as a son. I'm a son of God. Uh, that, that is reconciliation. I've been reconciled by what, what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross is an amazing thing. God, I mean, you look at Noah. I was telling that guy today, I said, you look at Noah's ark. And he's sitting there acting like he's some smart guy. And I'm like, you look at Noah's ark. I said, I said, an alien came down and told him to build an ark. So he built a spaceship that's going to last. I said, he got that thing right the first time. Somebody had outside of the planet had to tell him how to do that thing. You know when they first started building ships, they all sank? Because they didn't know how to, the buoyancy and all that other stuff. So they'd build them wrong and it'd sink. Then they'd, they'd float them again, take the water out of them and, and do whatever they had to do and they'd sink. Then they'd go out to sea and they'd break up in two pieces. Do you know how much they had to learn? And that's why the bottom of the ocean is full of ships today. Uh, because nobody knew how to build them. But Noah did it and did it right. I said, here you go. Eight people got on the ark. And eight billion, nine billion, I, I've had a guy say up to a trillion could have been on this planet at that time. All of them died. I said, isn't that crazy that only eight people got on? And I looked at him and he, go, he said, oh, I said, no. I said, name me two or three people. Name me some people you know that, are, that you believe are, are. He said, I know all kinds of people that love God. I said, no, oh, oh. I said, don't tell me that they mentioned God. I'm sounding living for God. It, he's smoking a cigarette. I said, what? No, you're not. What? No, you're not. Your body's in the Holy Ghost. You you're, you're bought with price. Because he's trying to tell me some preacher who smokes and that's okay. I'm like, no, it's not okay. I said, he's, he's a living testimony. I said, but name me. He goes, well, you and my mom. I said, and he starts, he starts struggling. I'm like, wait a second. Now, if you even have to struggle at this point, we got a problem. I said, we only got two. I said, if the ark was here, everybody else and you would be left behind too. And he, and, and he gets this big smile on his face. He got it. I said, God, what God did was he, he was appeased. He was appeased. He regenerated. He, there was a reconciliation that Jesus Christ 
there was an angry God that would have killed me and got rid of me and not even thought one thing. Spiritual circumcision, talked about that a few minutes ago, the act of the Holy Spirit that divides the new man, new nature in the Christian from the old spiritual sinful flesh so that no sin done in the flesh can now affect the new spirit. We gotta get that. You are sitting here and this thing is in you, the Holy Spirit's in you, your soul's in you, the Spirit of God is in you. Right here, you're sealed until the day of redemption, Ephesians 1, uh, 13 through 18, you're sealed. There's no way, whatever you do in this body cannot touch this. Now you'll answer for that, but it can't touch this. So that means there's two judgment seats, there's a judgment seat of Christ, uh, the white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. I am going to the judgment seat of Christ, and I will stand before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and answer for myself. I will not have to go to the white throne judgment and, and end up in hell. Guess what? Everybody that was on this side over here of the cross will end up probably at the white throne judgment. Abraham will end up at the white throne judgment, and he'll get his redemption right there because he did not get it through the cross. I got it through the cross. Brethren, what we got is an amazing thing. I mean, we got something in this thing called the church age. And you know there's churches out there, probably 95% of them, they'll throw, and you probably heard this too, rightly dividing out the window. Oh, you're crazy if you believe in rightly dividing. Because rightly dividing sets us apart. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but a guy is a guy and a girl is a girl. Now, if you don't know that, I just, you know, just some anatomy. But that's what a guy is a guy and a girl is a girl. That's what God said. But somehow this world thinks that, Guys or girls may be guys or whatever. They could be whatever today, but tomorrow they could be whatever they want to be tomorrow too. Uh, and if you think that you're a girl and a guy walks into your bathroom and he thinks he's, or she thinks or it thinks it's going to use your bathroom and you get mad, you're wrong. I mean, this, we're in a messed up world. That's where we're at. But God, God sits there and all through everything we did and all the messes we're in, what he did was he made this thing so that once you get a hold of this thing, you couldn't mess it up if you wanted to. But you will answer. You will answer at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. But that's only for rewards that you're going to get or not get in heaven. The white throne judgment will never get there. So reconciliation, spiritual circumstances, we were adopted. It's an amazing thing. An adopted child, they say, and I, I've never really looked at all the laws and rules and everything else. They say an adopted child cannot be unadopted. If I have four kids, I can take them out of my will, but an adopted child cannot get taken out. I don't see how that's fair, but... Uh, you, you should be able to do that, but in any case, the act whereby God takes a sinner, puts him into the family of God, and we are grafted in. And you'll hear Jesus Christ always talk about being grafted in. We're a wild olive branch, and we're, we're grafted in. Uh, he talks, when, now there's a danger here when you listen to him talk about that stuff over here. He's still in the Old Testament, walking and talking. Until he dies, until he dies at that cross of Calvary, uh, Peter could have went to hell. He said, and when you are converted, help your brother. So Peter could have lost it on this side, and he knew he wasn't because he told him. He said, when you are converted. So the Lord knows what your future is, and he's going to tell you some things. Adoption, sanctification, part A. Uh, the act whereby God sets a saved sinner apart so that from then on he, has, he is dealt with as a son instead of a stranger. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says this. And I'm, I'm going to read these all because it's the sake of time. We've got five minutes. But we, we don't care about that anyways. Uh, but, but we, where's Angela at? Oh, great, man. We ain't going to have no questions. Good. Uh, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you. Paul's talking here. Brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit on, and belief of the truth. So, you get sanctified the day you get saved. Not only do you get justified, redemption, propitiation, paid for your sin, remission of your sins, expitiation, you know, the act of purging, he purges your sins, atonement, imputation, you get his righteousness imputed to you. Uh, you get regenerated, reconciliation between you and God, and he now loves you again. Spiritual circumcision happens, and it never even hurts. You get adopted and sanctified at the exact same time. That's a lot of stuff happened the moment you got saved. Does anybody in here know all this happened to you the moment you got saved when you got saved man i was just i just knew i was i was okay <laughs> i don't know about you i just got happy man i mean the, uh, not that night it took me three weeks to even realize i was i was so messed up it took me three weeks to get happy i mean <laughs> but at the end of three weeks i was happy man i was so happy i was bawling man i was sad i was i was happy i was glad i didn't know what was going on i knew something crazy was happening hebrews 10 14 for by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. 
Christ made one offering at Calvary. He didn't need to make 10 or 15. He only died once. That's all he has to do. I get sanctified. Now, what's wrong with it? Well, a lot of churches is what they don't. We're going to go to the next page now, the back of this page. They don't get the rest of this thing. 1 Corinthians 127, we're still on sanctification part A. It's like Medicare part A and part B. So you got to have it. You got to have both parts, man, or you're in trouble. Uh, Beth keeps telling me, you got to find out whether you're okay. Does anybody know anything about Medicaid? Medicare, whatever it is, the 65-year-old. You're car carriers. Now, you're not drawing Social Security yet, though, right? Okay, so I started my Social Security when I was 62 and a half, and they automatically signed me up, so now I get it automatic. I don't have to do nothing. No, no, they have to do it because they're 65, and they haven't got it yet. But the, since I took it early, then, because if you don't take it to 67, you still have to do it. I don't have to get Part B, but anyways, go on. There's an old guy. He'll tell me. Yeah. Man, I could go. I could go to the welfare department because I'm broke. We need to go check that out, man, because we are broke. <laughs> no, it's a. But anyways, yeah, they told me the moment I got in that uh, as soon as I turned 65, they would sign me up automatically because Social Security Department does it automatically. But if you're not drawing Social Security yet, then you have to sign up or else get penalized. So I don't have to worry about getting penalized. I don't care anyways. I'm out of, I'm out of sanctification. 1 Corinthians 127. Anybody got any questions? All right, good. Here we go. But God had chosen the foolish things of the world, uh, 1 Corinthians 127, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And you got to get that. Just because somebody thinks they're smart, don't let them get you that. Don't let, don't let anybody do that. If you got Jesus Christ and they don't, you're a whole lot smarter than they are. Uh, one of these days they'll see it. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world, the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, uh, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. God gets all the glory, by the way. Just to let you know, nobody gets it but him. He says, uh, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's what happened to you the moment you got wise, you got redeemed, you got righteous, and you got redemption all at the same time. That according as this is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. All your glory should come to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. We're still on sanctification part 8. This is what happened the day you got saved. All right. Uh, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Man, that's just about everything. That's, that's a A-B-G-G-D-R-F-U-R-F-C-R, all of them guys. Uh, that's everybody. Nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, and ye are sanctified. So that means the day I got saved, I got sanctified. Right then and there, that's what happened to me. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit. So now, the day I got saved, I got sanctified, that's what happened. I'm sanctified. All that stuff happened to me. Uh, that's why people really, when you get saved, you, they, they think you go crazy. Uh, because a lot of stuff just occurred that we have no idea. And in heaven, God applied all that stuff to us right there. And on our account in heaven, this thing just went down. And we're sitting there, we're just like, I was like Ron Reese, man. He's sitting there talking to us. I'm like, that's what, if Paul would have come to me the day I got saved and tried to tell me that, I wouldn't have a clue what that guy was saying. I was just struggling with, I'm a sinner, and I know I'm in trouble, and I need to get out of it. What do I do? And he showed me how to get out of the thing. You know, I think the Lord really showed me something. I got. I had a lady in a Volkswagen one time. It was 4 o'clock in the morning, 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, got up to go to work. I, I was probably 17, backed up and put a little dent in a, this old bug Volkswagen. Nice Volkswagen, though. It was a nice, clean Volkswagen. So I stick a sticker on her windshield and uh, go to work, and, and she never does nothing about it. For, for probably two years, I tried my best to get that car fixed. I would have done, I would have paid for everything, her rental car, everything to get it in, body shops, whatever, she wouldn't do it. And I get the summons to go to court, and I go to court, and long-haired, hippie, druggy man, I walk into court, and a judge is looking at me and puts me on the stand, and, and she, this girl and her mom tells all the whole story and makes me look really, really bad. And I'm sitting there, and just, da, 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 da. Judge says, hey, Mr. Elliott. I said, yes. He goes, uh, he goes, do you want to tell? I said, can I tell my side? He goes, sure. So I told him. He said, you did all that? I said, yes, sir, I did. 
He said, but did you hit her? I said, yes, I did. I put a note on her windshield and gave her my phone number and everything. Right there, I told her I did it. And I said, I've been trying for two years to get this thing fixed, but she won't let me get it fixed. And I said, I did everything I could. And he goes, so you hit her? I said, yeah. He goes, you know i got to find you guilty. I said, well, yes, sir, I know you got to find me guilty. And he goes, okay. And he hits the gallon for the plaintiff of, of you know, whatever it was, $1,500, $2,000, I don't know what it was. He said, Mr. Elliott, you have to pay her at least $5 a month until you get it paid off. And I'm like, that's cool, man. I said, you know what the judge just did right there? Is he looked down and he said, you're guilty, but you don't have to pay it all now. You did everything you can, and now I'm going to show you what a judge can do. You know what that is? What he was preparing me for was that night on that back porch is be honest with the Lord and tell him the truth and let him come out with the, deal out the, the requirements. And that judge said, Five. so if I'd have paid her off that, that amount of money, it would take me 20 months to pay off $100. Uh, $1,000 would be... 200 months, I could pay my house off before I'd ever pay her off. You know, I never paid one payment of five bucks. Never paid one. A little girl and her mom got up and run out disgusted, and they didn't even ask for it because they knew they weren't going to get it. So, But anyways, uh, so, so sanctification happens the moment you got saved. That's what happened to you. Now, watch this. Sanctification part B. 1 Thessalonians 4.1. Furthermore, then we, uh, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that, you, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk. Now, this is your walk now. This is after you get saved. And to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what uh, commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. That's your walk. Now, people say, oh, I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. Not in serve God. You can't do it. You can do whatever you want and get away with it, and the Lord's got long-suffering and mercy. You can do whatever you want. I'm telling you, I can do whatever I want. However, I can't do that and serve him. And he knows my frame. He knows my flesh. He knows what I'm guilty of and what I'm capable of. But in my heart, I'm like, Lord, I really, 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 really want to serve you. He goes, I know, but you're a moron. I said, yeah, but I really, really want. You know, I thank him a lot of times. I said, Lord, I'm sure glad you didn't let me be some great whatever out there because I may have really screwed it up. You may know that what I'm capable of and what I'm going to do or what I'm, I'm, is in my flesh, you, you know all that, and what you're doing is you're letting me do something that I can do to keep me out of trouble. I said, what a blessing, man. I have no idea. But, but sanctification, I got sanctified part A the day I got saved. That puts my soul, my spirit, and, and the Holy Spirit over here sealed into the day of redemption. This, this can never sin. But this flesh, man, is, is a struggle. This thing right here is a battle. And if you're not having no battle here, you better check your salvation out because you still may be all together in one. You're not two. If you're two and you're trying to do anything for God, unless you done chunk God out the window anyways and said, I'm just going to do this, you're going to find, and I don't think you would come to, ch to a class on Thursday night and listen to me talk for over, I just went over my time, so I need to shut up. But anyways, let me finish this off. 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. He knows who you are. He knows exactly. If you're his, he knows it. He knows if you are, you aren't. Even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from, oh, wait a minute. I, I, he goes, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are, are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood earth and earth, and some of honor and some of dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself, that's a life, that's a life. You're choosing to do this. Uh, it's after salvation. He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So you, there's a daily sanctification that occurs. In, that's where you're trying to live holy and get the filth. So, but you've got to figure out what the filth is or, or what the sin is. Guess what? It's written. It is written. It's 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 written. If you never read this, you're never going to know. Uh, coming to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I appreciate everybody who does that, but that isn't enough. I mean, it's just not enough. Reading my Bible once a year for me is not enough. Twice a year, I'm just thinking is not enough either. I'm probably going to have to go to four times a year. I'm going to pray about that thing. I ain't going to just jump into it because that's a, I could do it because really I, I can read one, twice a year, I can read in, in 30 minutes, 30, 35 minutes, I can read what I need every day to go through my Bible twice a year, the entire book. And that's, and actually, 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 that's taking Psalms and Proverbs out of the Bible 
and reading from Genesis to Revelation without Psalms and Proverbs, and that's reading the book of Psalms every month, 12 months, and that's reading the book of Proverbs every month for 12 months. So I've got that sitting over here on the side plus the, the Bible twice a year, and uh, I'm sitting there going, Lord, I could probably use more than that. He goes, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're idle. You got, you're spending too much time doing other things. You play solitaire on your computer? I say, well, yeah. He goes, you could be praying and, and reading your Bible another time of year. I'm sitting there going, Lord, this ain't right, man. Well, yeah. I'm like, it's, you, think you, got, you think I'm saying this to, just to you guys and it don't apply? It applies back to me. So anyways, uh, 2 Timothy says, uh, if a man therefore purge himself. And if you want to serve God, really it has to do with what you want to do. Then you go to Romans. How many times have you heard this verse? Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your uh, bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew it? That's sanctification, daily sanctification. You've got to constantly clean up this thing. Clean it up, clean it up, clean it up. Uh, if you don't take a bath, you sink. I mean, it's just that way. Uh, man, I got, there's some stinking guys on the ship, man. They stink. Uh, that ye may prove what is, is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, that's sanctification, daily sanctification. Some people say, oh, I got sanctified today, I got saved, that's it. No, no, well, you never grew. But to grow, the sanctification is the part of us that, that we have to daily look in the book, read it, try to figure it out. Now the last one, and I'll shut up, glorification. This is the ultimate end. I put it in your little paper. Of the saved sinner whereby he is made complete. You know what that happens? The day the rapture happens or you take your last breath. You get glorified at that moment, and you're with the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord, and you get your final glorification at that point. Half of me is seated. It says you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Half of me is already over there glorified, but the other half of me is still down here having a struggle. And until I get past this thing right here called life, I'm not going to be glorified. But one of these days, he's going to make me just like him. And I'm going to be completely like Jesus Christ and given an inheritance with him in his kingdom. I don't know why he would do that, but he's going to do that. And, if, and again, I, I default back to if you think that's a good thing, then I, that's a good thing. I'm, going to, I'm just going to agree with what you say. Because I, I, in my present state that I'm in, I can't believe that he would love me enough to give me anything. I, in my mind, I cannot believe that he would care enough about me that the way I am down here and the way this world is and, and the, the time frame we're in, we could not honestly even understand. If, if we'd go back 200 years, they'd burn us at the stake. Why? Because of the way we look and the way we act and the way we dress and the way we do everything, they'd call us everything but human and they'd burn us at the stake. That's how far we have come from what, what people used to do. We're so far into this thing called sin that the world, we're tainted like you wouldn't believe. And I'm like, Lord, you still, but you know, the Lord knows your frame, your dust. He knows when you were born. He knows what time. And David said, which is a great verse over in Acts, Peter quotes it. He said, David served his generation. So what you got to do is in your generation, you got to try to keep yourself as clean as you can and, and get through this thing as unscathed as you can and go through it. And brother, I'm telling you what, you'll find all kinds of problems. We have, we have problems going on in the church right now that, that may be resolved, may not be resolved. I don't know. And then I think, well, Lord, you had problems too. And he goes, yep, I had problems too. And he goes, some of them got resolved and some of them didn't get resolved. And you're just going to have to live with the ones that don't get resolved and, and put up with what people do and just keep on going. And one of these days, you'll get your cross and we'll hang you up on it and they'll drive spikes in your hand and you'll be done and you'll, I'll bring you home. Uh, and maybe you won't do it. Maybe you'll just die of a heart attack sitting in a chair. My mom says, well, my mom just laid there and went to the doctor's office, leaned over on my brother and just went to sleep. And, and her, all of her sisters did the same thing. Uh, and she's hoping for that exact same thing. I'm like, well, mom, you might live another. She goes, I know I can live another 110 years, live 10 more years. I don't want to live like this. She is getting, just to let y'all know, y'all keep praying for her, but she is getting encouraged to get out and do stuff uh, and, and get back. So I, and I, I'm not cutting her any slack, but I'm telling you, brother, the, there is a lot of stuff. This little piece of paper I gave y'all is all the stuff that if you wanted to study, that's a study right there in itself. That's what happened to you the day you got saved. And the last couple things on there, sanctification is what we're supposed to do for the rest of our lives. We, we're supposed to, Paul said, I die daily. You know what he does? He puts his flesh down daily. Daily he fights that thing. When he got to the end of it, he fought his course. Now here, I'll give you this next thing. And there's some people who got this thing all screwed up. 
Your walk with Jesus Christ is your walk. It is not mine. Don't compare yourself with nobody else. You are not even to compare yourself with anybody else. Your walk is with Jesus Christ. Well, I am not J. Frank Norris. Hey, how about that? I'm not Jack House. I've sit in Jack House Church. I sit in Dr. Peter S. Ruckman's church. I've sit in some great men's churches and listened to them preach. I am not that person. And I'm not even going to try to be that person because I'm not that person. I may take some advice from them and, and look at the way they do things and try to implement some of that stuff, but I am Mike Elliott. And my race is with Jesus Christ, and that's the only place. I don't have to look at nobody else and say, why? No, the Lord knows exactly what I am, and this is what he's given me. And if I've done everything I'm supposed to do to please him, and these are the doors he opened up, then he's going to say, well done, now, good and faithful servant, and it won't matter about nobody around me. What happens to so many people is they start looking at people around them. Well, I can't do that, and I don't do this, and I don't get to do this, and they're doing this, and I should be doing this. No, no, what's the Lord want you to do? You have a walk with Jesus Christ yourself. Develop that walk and get through it. A couple guys, you know, started school. Uh, that's great. You know what you need to do for the next three years? Do it. And don't take 10 years to do it. Do it in three, maybe four or five, six maybe. But, but don't do it in, in 10. If you can do it in two, do it in two. I think that might be a little excessive, but do it. And what you'll learn is you're going to learn how to you start that walk and you'll keep that walk going down through there and you'll affect other people. I came in tonight and see cars all in part. It looks like we're having church tonight. I'm sitting there going, what are these people doing coming to church on a Sunday night or on a Thursday night to hear the word of God? That's a great thing. You need to let it not only just hear it, but you need to let it change your life and, and start following it to God. You know what God will do? The Lord, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will guide and direct. Trust in the Lord. My favorite verse. I'll sign everybody's Bible with the same thing. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on thy understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I almost aced the ASVABs. I mean, I, I, I almost aced the ASVAB. I missed about three points. Uh, they told me my IQ was somewhere in the upper hundreds, above, above 150 somewhere. I forget what it was. Remember what it was? Okay. So, anyways, the Lord has told me, really, the Lord told me, he said, look, you may think you're smart. I'm smarter. Trust me. Don't lean on this. Lean on this. And the hardest thing we'll ever do is get from here to here. You've got to get to the place where you listen to what your heart is telling you. But then you've got to watch your emotions because your emotions will sometimes drive you to the wrong place. So you've got to get that thing down where you think your way through it. I know what the Bible says. And I like the way Jim Elliott said that thing. He goes, why would I care about a voice when i got a verse? Well, I'll tell you, if you never get into this thing, you'll never have a verse. If you get into this thing, you'll have a verse. If you've got a verse... Little voices can get all in your head from everywhere. But the verse is what the verse is. So then I got to get you away from the book. Let me get you in a new, new international or NIV, RSV, ASV. Let me, no, 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 I'm going to stick right with the KJV, and I'm going to get this thing in my head and let this thing, it said this. I don't like what it said. I'll tell you what, about 90% of it, I don't like what it says. But I know it's right, and I do it. Father, thank you for your blessings, and I pray you bless the class. Uh, Lord, thank you for just uh, Paul writing what he did. Thank you for choosing him. Lord, you showed him what great things he's going to have to suffer for your namesake. And Lord, uh, all the schooling and education that man had, and uh, Lord, when he got done, at the end, Lord, he was just him and Luke, and, and very very few people was around him. They didn't want him anymore, Lord. They just got so used to him teaching the Word of God, uh, Lord, that they thought they knew it too, and uh, they didn't spend the time that he spent studying it. Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. So many people just don't do that. And they think they know everything, Lord, and they do more damage than they do good. Uh, Lord, but uh, I want to thank you tonight personally for a book that you uh, gave us down through history and protected it, and, and now we have it. And, Lord, uh, I just pray that we don't take uh, uh, it for granted either. Uh, Lord, thank you for letting us have a class. Bless us now as we go home and go our separate ways, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Any questions?